Welcome to No Cartridge Audio. My name is Trevor Strunk, Pinklebunt on Twitter, and I'm here with repeat guest, third time repeat guest, I believe. I think last time you were on, you talked about something that totally won't come up tonight, the uh, the, the lineage of Zelda. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... Um, I uh, I'm having on the show Mark Normandon. Uh, you know, you know him from his baseball writing. You know him from a publication to be named later. You know him from uh, his baseball, his uh, video game writing. Maybe uh, his past stuff. Maybe his current stuff. Uh, and I think we'll be talking about the current stuff tonight. I hope nobody knows me from my past past stuff with video game writing. I know you think well. Bad. You it's did just... write briefly for Ian Michael Chiang, yeah, Ian, Ian Miles Chiang's uh, oh. Incel Corner, which is a shame. Ugh. But Ugh. yeah, you know, I mean, it's okay. Like otherwise, I think your work is really good. <laughs> I was talking the other day with someone actually about because they're like, why does people why do people pay attention to this guy? And I was like, there was a time where he was like a hardcore feminist games writer just trying to make it, and then. There was a very intentional turn and oh, yeah. brain, no, brain I mean, worming. Yeah, he. I mean, he's like he's annoying in the same way. I saw um, a other other repeat guest uh, Alex Deegan tweeting about this, where like he was basically saying like, yeah, look, like people are super interested in this, like in the guy who tweets about GamerGate from Malaysia. They may also be interested in this strange Australian woman who says that Josh Hawley is a socialist, like. Maybe just don't worry about them. Like, I think, <laughs> I think he's basically the very same thing as as Amy um, yes. uh, Therese, where like it is just it's just clearly they're doing it for careerism, and and there's really no reason to worry about it at that point. Yeah, I mean, I forget they exist until they're brought up, which is nice. It's a nice way to be. <laughs> Sorry, I brought him up. No, it's okay. Um, well, anyway, uh, let's just start with the start with the big thing, the most important thing. Uh, tell us about your uh, your big old uh, arcade setup you made. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, arcade cabinets are expensive and um, can be limiting. <laughs> you know, because have you looked at like how much a board costs? Like, if you want a Naomi board or whatever. No, I, I, I can't because, like, all I think about is how much just, like, everything costs um, <laughs> with, with in terms of, like, oh, if I wanted a new video card or I wanted this or I wanted that. It's just there's so much money. Everything yeah. costs so much money. Um, it's really, really quite unfair. Uh, <laughs> but I'm sure. I mean, like, I mean, you're talking about one of the things you bought for the, for the setup was a Saturn. And, like, while the consoles are out there, the games... And the same with, like, Sega CD games, all sorts of stuff. It's just, like, massively expensive. I saw a copy of, because I was looking it up to show Tilly screenshots from um, old Pokemon games, and I saw a copy of uh, Pokemon Emerald uh, going for, like, $100,000, which, <laughs> I mean, it won't it won't sell for that. But, like, the fact that you can actually, uh, <laughs> you can actually, like, ask for that, for that game is, I mean, it's just, like, that's what I'm talking about. It's just depressing. Yeah, I was I was looking at prices for some Saturn games, and it was like, oh, this is fourteen hundred dollars. Okay, um, it's like I know this game is bad, and this game is one hundred sixty dollars. It's not even a good game. Um, <laughs> and yet, so I mean, I, you know, I got a Saturn and um, got a, a action replay cartridge to um, modify it for um, backups and imports. So I don't really have to worry about the price thing um, because of all the backups 
that I am playing. Um, nice. <laughs> I mean, you backups for games you already had, of course. Obviously, yes. Of my course, of extremely course, yes. extensive Obviously. Saturn collection that I had before I had a Saturn. And then, you know, you're just worried maybe there'll be a scratch on this one. Yeah, exactly. Right. I'm just, it's, it's, if that was the case, that's not good. You can't yeah. play it at that point. Yeah, exactly. Backups. Um, uh, so, so the arcade setup. Um, so, you know, uh, during the pandemic, I've slowly lost my mind in some oh, ways. Uh, like, like everyone, yeah. it's okay. It's yeah. acceptable. And I think there are, like, there are healthy ways to do it, and there are unhealthy ways. And I like to think this is a healthy way. Um, so, I, you know, I got a... a Kate, my wife, got me a Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro for Christmas. Very nice. Which is great, and was immediately modded so that it had, like, ten times as many games on it as it came with. I can't believe that your wife bought you something that would keep you busy. That's, like, that, uh, <laughs> so surprising. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, fun, funny story about the Neo Geo Arcade Stick Pro is it also uh, works as an arcade stick for the Switch. Uh, nice. And the PS4 and the PS3, but I don't have enough games that, on those that like need the need the um, an arcade stick. Whereas the Switch is like a shoot 'em up box right now, which is awesome. Um, and I have a Dreamcast, which I also have um, dozens and dozens and dozens of backups for. Mm. Um, so I I believe the backups even more for the Dreamcast. I actually do have some uh, authentic Dreamcast games that I purchased. Oh, yeah. I, I believe uh, I still do, too. But, yeah, I got all these things together uh, on a little cart, a little rolly cart. And, um, you know, it's the, the right height to put an arcade stick on top of. And I <laughs> mounted a 48-inch uh, HGTV on the wall and a uh, 360 rotating uh, mount. So, That's just how you do it. Yeah, and so now, I, now <laughs> if I want to play a... Uh, a, sh- a shmup mm-hmm. in a tate mode, then I can. So I I had you know a f- forty eight inch screen vertically aligned for Ikaruga in HD earlier today. Oh, so great! And it was just like, man, it's I used to life. Do, I used to flip like a nineteen inch HD TV vertical and like lean it on something so that I could play Ikaruga the way you're supposed to play it. And now I. <laughs> Now I, I never played it the way you're supposed to play it. I mean, I just I just played it badly. It's. <laughs> I mean, that is how you're supposed to play it in terms of skill. But uh, oh man, I used to be so good at Ikaruga, and you know, then I stopped playing it, and I had kids and aged, and you're not allowed down. to be good at Ikaruga if you have kids. Yeah, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna get back there. Um, but you know, those days are behind me. But I want to get back there with the dozens of shmups that I have uh, that I can now play. Vertical. I love it. I love that. Uh, I love that for you. Yeah, um, it should be it should be a good time. And, so, what um, is the what is the game on that on that setup that you're most excited to to crack open? Oh, I don't have. Actually, no, that's a lie. Um, I was going to say I don't have a specific one because really the getting the Saturn recently mm-hmm. um, and making it so it can play imports. It's like, do you know how many? Do you know how many imports? Uh, do you know how many Japanese games there are on the Saturn that, like... Just didn't see the light of day over here? It never came over, so the Saturn seems like it has a small library, but, like, no. Now, <laughs> I, is, is there, like, is it a problem in terms of, um, like, is it a problem in terms of um, uh, uh, translation? Uh, depends on the game. You know, there's a couple of, there's a couple of sh- uh, shoot-em-ups where, like, 
no one has patched the menus. So okay, I yeah, just that, kinda, that's tough. I just kind of guess. Yeah, but, you're not you know, you're not playing like RPGs basically. Is what no, but you know what? Is. A lot of fans have translated those. Okay. Um, which is is nice. It's it's amazing how you know some other three got all this publicity, uh, for being a game that like fans localized. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, the localization is amazing, and it's an incredible game. It deserves all the attention. There are so many fan localizations of so many other games, um, to the point where like Breath of the Wild Two is this is something I got recently because. Breath of the Wild 2, Jesus. Uh, Breath of Fire 2. I was like, wait, no, that's, that's not out. <laughs> You're talking about something that isn't out. <laughs> yeah. uh, Breath of Fire 2, the SNES RPG mm. um, from Capcom, you know, almost 30 years ago now. Jesus Christ. Um, that, that localization is awful. It is essentially a direct translation, word for word, of what it was in Japanese. It's quite bad. Yeah, I've played that game, and it the dialogue is... Um, Anything but crisp. Yeah, and the, what do you get? You make it maybe five or six words on screen at a time because the font is so bad. Yeah. Is that also the one where, like, the it, like it scrolls really slow, too? I can't even remember. I can't remember. So There's one, one, of the, one of those Breath of the Wilds, was, or Breath of, Breath of Fire, was, like, extremely difficult to play. Not mm-hmm. just because it was a Breath of the Fire game, which are all very difficult, but because, like, I remember just there were some, like, quality of life things in there that mm-hmm. just made it miserable. It could have been. And, yeah. you know, because only so much showed up on screen at a time, every conversation takes forever. Um, but someone, like, localized it. I guess the the European version ended up being better. So someone, like, took the German version, and instead of translating from Japanese, they translated from, they localized from German. <laughs> and it was cleaner, and they used, like, the menu systems that, because there was improved text and everything in the localiza- localization, not just the script. Um, so they worked on that and made it into English, and it's just like a fan patch that's out there. So I'm like, this, that's cool. this, is, this is the only time on the podcast where I'm being sincere about it being a backup. I have Breath of Fire too. You know, yeah. I have. You should say it that. The, the authorities may still have listened past the intro. Oh damn it! Oh, they'll be <laughs> bored. <laughs> they'll be bored. Every... No, no, um, go ahead. But you have, yeah. I mean, Breath of, Breath of yeah. Fire Two is not like. That's not the rarest game to own. I, no, it no. doesn't surprise me that you have it. That makes sense. Like, well, I have it. I have it on Virtual Console. Like I bought it. Yeah, I was going to say there's also a ton of like places you can get it. I think I had it on Game Boy Advance, maybe or yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something I like think that. that's it. Is like the German localization of the Game Boy Advance release was used to patch the Super Nintendo Super Nintendo North America version. That's wild. That's yeah. cool. Uh, but like, fan, some fans just did that because they knew yeah. the script sucked. Yeah, they love the game. Yeah. Right. And they so want there's to see it. so many of them. So, you know, I found some stuff for, like, a ga- you know, a game I wouldn't even have thought of of getting, essentially. Mm. Um, so, like, uh, Grandia was on the Saturn first, the original Grandia. Right. And it's supposed to run better and look better than the PlayStation 1 version, but it didn't release in North America, except somebody has a patch, yeah. uh, a patch localization to put it in English. I guess it makes the sense. Version, it's it's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm gonna play that. Yeah, I guess it makes sense. It didn't release in, um, excuse me, uh, outside of the PlayStation. Because I mean, w- w- you know, why else would you need it, right? Like, yeah. God, the Saturn yeah. sold nine million units worldwide, which is like, Ugh. we talk about the Wii U is this just abject failure that almost stopped oh. Nintendo in its tracks. Saturn it's, did stop Sega in its tracks. Well, the the Wii U sold. Uh, f- almost 5 million more units than the Saturn. 
I feel terrible. I mean, the Saturn's <laughs> always been like this like white whale for me, where like I just I love the idea of the mm-hmm. Saturn, um, and I've I've like never played one. Yeah, I hadn't either. That's why I finally did this. This was like my birthday present to myself because it's mm. the second birthday during a pandemic. I mean, you gotta you gotta treat yourself during a pandemic. Yeah, if there's ever a time, it seems like now <laughs> is the time. Um, so yeah, so I've got that. I've got a I've got a, a Hori fighting stick coming in for the Saturn. So then, I'll... fantastic, good 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 brand of fighting stick, one of my faves. Yeah, apparently, so the Saturn original, the original uh, fight sticks that came out for it, um, they use regular controller buttons instead of arcade buttons. Oh, weird. Yeah, so they're that all like piece of shit. They're all just yeah. awful. awful. So I was like, wow, this is 30 bucks on eBay. That's amazing. And then I looked at it closer and was like, oh, that's why, because it sucks. Right. Um, no one wants them. <laughs> so I ordered yeah, one Yeah, scarcity is a hell of a thing unless the thing is garbage, and then no one cares. <laughs> yeah, so I had to order this, like the Dreamcast official one, from Japan, because they're cheaper mm. from there, where they're more plentiful, even though the population's smaller, because more of them sold there, because it's Saturn, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's a mess, but sure. it's good. Yeah, I'm really getting into the arcade stick thing. Nice. I'm glad. <laughs> Me too. Arcade sticks rock. They're like they're really fun to use. I'm just not good enough at fighting games to. Yeah. It's, I keep telling myself I'll learn, and it's a promise. Maybe someday I'll follow through on. But um, yeah. No. Are you so like? Are you you have shmups obviously, which are mm-hmm. fantastic on 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 arcade sticks. Um, are you doing any um? Any fighting games? Is that like because I know Saturn is a Saturn is a, a fantastic system for those. Yeah, it's like not as good of a system for them as the Dreamcast, but I have so many on the Dreamcast that I want to get into. So mm. I'm gonna That's do. Fair. I was I've been playing. Um, <laughs> this is see the whole game is actually in Japanese, so learning this is funny because there's so many options for like different ways you play the game and it mm-hmm. uh, changes things. But um, I'm doing Capcom vs SNK two. Oh, cool. So like classic, yeah. I'm trying. To, I'm really trying to get into that, and yeah, using a stick, and I will, I will, I'm gonna make it so that I can play fighting games. I'm not gonna be I good enough to like you. play yeah. fighting games. But you're I'm like be good you're, enough you're, to play them. As we'll see in this episode, this is not the only. This is not even the project I asked you on to talk about. Um, but <laughs> yeah, there, whoops. there are. Well, no, I mean, I'm 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 right there with you. But the um, <laughs> yeah, like I think. I will say when you put your mind to a project, you, Mark Normandon, when you put your mind to a project, it tends to get done, which is uh, maybe it's the Mainer in you. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like Maine is a is a, a state full of people who, you know, for better or for worse, and sometimes it's for worse, but for better or for worse, get things done when they decide to do them. <laughs> well, you know, I needed some things to focus on. And, stubborn, um, stubborn people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, I it's so funny. I like. Someone asked me what I've, like, accomplished during the pandemic, and I forgot to mention the fucking worker-owned cooperative publishing. No, like, the the thing we raised $30,000 for. Yeah, sorry, I don't even know why I called that a newsletter. It's like, it's a a publication. 200-page book, basically, yeah. Um, And I, like, it slipped my mind that that happened because this has (laughs) worn me me down mentally so much. And it was like, oh, oh, yeah, I did that. Oh, yeah, I did. You gotta gotta give yourself credit for that one at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm uh, part of a larger whole, but that's the point of the worker-owned cooperative you can, publication yeah, to be named later. You named after earlier. Yeah, yeah. Of course, people should uh, people should go check that out. Um, can still be purchased, right? I purchased mine. So one dollar. Wow, I paid more than that. I well, ripped off. Hey. Um, <laughs> just kidding. It's worth every penny. It's 
That's a hell of a lot of good writing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've been really busy. You've been doing this. You've been doing, um, I mean, obviously, this being your arcade thing and publication to be named later, which is sort of like the uh, SB Nation Strikes Back uh, sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> and you've been, you've had two uh, newsletters. Um, yes. The first one, uh, uh, Sports and Labor newsletter that initially was patron and then went free. Um and is worth uh, being a patron for, but certainly even more worth being uh, a free member for. And uh, very good stuff. Your stuff on labor is always really good. We could definitely talk about that, but mostly that's about baseball. And I, I lose people when I talk about sports on this podcast. Also, it um, makes me sad, which is what led to this newsletter. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> no, yeah. The, you're, you're, I will say, like, the, the Mark Norman in Labor and Sports newsletter, which is what I think of it as. I don't even remember what it's called because it, I just... It does not see. have a name. I have oh, had this for right? over... And I've had it for over two years, and I haven't named it yet, and... Well, now you can. I'm never naming it. Like... Yeah. I mean, why would you? I've, um, gotten, I've gotten away with it this long. <laughs> yeah, I just... I, I see... I have an email from Mark Norman, and, and unless um, we've been talking, and I'm expecting an email that is about something else... Um, I know it's an email saying like bad news about um, minor leagues. They're uh, they're paying them. They're actually making them pay now uh, to play <laughs> baseball. So, something something horrible has happened yet again. Uh, so yeah, no, I mean uh, you have that newsletter, and then you have this one as well. Um, this new one as well, and I want you to be able to introduce that. So what is this new newsletter? I named this one. I know so, you did. So you did. that's I'm how you let know you special. give the name. <laughs> it's a retro XP. Get it? Um, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't get it well, at let all. Well, let me explain it. Um, <laughs> so, retro experience, but the experience shows up as XP, like in a video game, which is okay, what well, the newsletter's off, about. Okay, well, first off, define video game. Um, I'm oh, a little, so little the government, <laughs> a long time ago, wanted to start... <laughs> well, MKUltra wasn't working well enough, so... Um, yeah, no, so so RetroXP and a lovely logo uh, created by your wife, as I am to understand it. Yes. Um, very, very nice logo, very, very, very clean. Uh, the branding is strong. Um, <laughs> uh, explain the conceit of this, because this is not just retro gaming, um, which I applaud because when people just do like, oh, we're doing retro gaming, it usually just ends up being like, oh, we're... Uh, we're just going to talk about some games I like, and it's just going to be listless and weird. Um, <laughs> this has a focus, um, unlike those, and, uh, and and would you describe the focus for us? Yeah, so uh, to start, I decided to do a tiny project. and uh, <laughs> Just the smallest yeah, of so projects. Literally Real, no. <laughs> not ambitious. <laughs> I didn't or start with just a couple of games or anything. I went, okay, we're going to dive head, we're going to dive in head first. I'm going to rank the 101 best Nintendo published and or developed games they have ever made. Um, and I am not just making a list, as you said, like some sites do. Um, I, you know, I started publishing these in August because uh, it's full-on features for every single entry on this list. It's wild. Yeah, no, I mean, you have to have, because if you're writing these every single day, you are... Um you're doing even worse uh, things for yourself than uh, the, <laughs> the pandemic. Like I'm gonna look at the one you just. Uh, where's the ones? Because they they get they get stuck into my uh, my promotions tab, which is really oh weird. yeah. But that's I mean that's not you. That's Substack. Um, Substack and Google. Uh, okay, so 
you wrote the last one you, you by when this came out, and I think it'll be more uh, by the time this episode comes out. Not a lot more, um, but some more. Uh, you wrote about Zelda the Minus Legend of Zelda the Minish Cap. Um, I say Minish. I've heard Minish. I I don't know. I think it's it mi- is, I say Minish. I think this is a good 400, 500, 600 words. You've written. Oh, it's written longer days. than that. I I can't tell because I'm not I. Okay, hold on. <laughs> the one let's I... let's hold on. We're gonna put it. Ah. We're gonna put it into a word processor. We're gonna. Oh boy! This out. I hope I did more than six hundred. No, um, I did a combo one while you count this. I did a combo one, what a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. On Ooh, uh, yeah, that's a lot more than that. It's it, it looks smaller in the email. It's uh, thirteen hundred forty-eight words. Yeah, there you go. Oh my God. So uh, I did a combo Fire Emblem one because there were two in a row that I ranked next to each other, and that came in at uh, four thousand because okay. I apparently yep. had things to say about those two games. Weird. Uh, You've never had anything to say about Fire Emblem. No, absolutely not. What is Fire Emblem? (laughs) It's Um, a a kind of symbol made of fire. (laughs) Well, it's funny. You know, the list uh, has, I think, seven Fire Emblem games on it, which sounds like a lot, but I'm like, there are 19 of them, you know? I'm being harsh on the series. (laughs) Yeah, so I think, like, one of the things... So you're ranking all the Nintendo games, and like I said, the the most recent one is is Minish Cap, but that is number uh, 39, which I think for a lot of people ranking Nintendo games, that might not even crack the top 100. So there's your methodology in this, your sort of guiding um, purpose in, in doing this list is a little, um, I'll just say it's a little, it's a little um, unexpected in some ways. I think people going into a Nintendo ranking list wouldn't necessarily expect it to look this way. So can you explain sort of, how you came into this process and, you know, kind of like uh, lay out the choices you're making and, and, and why your rankings look different from other people's rankings. So first thing I wanted to do is make sure that nostalgia did not enter into this at all. Um, so, you know, it's not like an original point, but uh, nostalgia really clouds our view of things like games. And Nintendo's been making games for so long that, you know, a whole lot of nostalgia can pile up. So Oh, absolutely. I mean... Look, like I, there's a the, the game I always talk about it, when I think about Nintendo games is this game called Journey to Silius, and the, Journey to Silius is not on your top 100 list as far as I can tell, uh, which is rude. Uh, although actually, <laughs> you're you're only are, so you're only doing Nintendo produced things. This is not third party stuff. Yes, so it's if Nintendo published or developed it, um, right. and there's some little. You know, there's some tweaks along the way. Like, I have a game that Nintendo didn't... No one released in North America, but Nintendo published the English localization in uh, PAL regions. So okay. I count that. Or there's a game they published only in Japan, and they licensed to Atlas to publish in North America. I remember you know, that one. Like, yes. I'm counting that as a Nintendo game because, well, like, legally they licensed it to someone else because it's their game. Right. You know? Um, yeah, no, and, and like... Uh, you know, Silius would never show up uh, because of that. Then, but even if it wasn't, um, even if it wasn't a third-party thing, it would uh, it would not show up. It's not it's not one of the best games in this way. But to me, like thinking about it as a kid, right, it would show up in my personal top one hundred because my brain can only remember the things that I liked a lot. And you replayed these games, am I correct? Yes, that's. <laughs> I was looking through in anticipation of this. I looked through. I have uh, notebooks for this that I made initial list of just games that I thought could make it and the games that I had played that I thought could make it. 
Um, and I, I went deep, like even ones that I was pretty sure weren't going to make it. I still mm-hmm. wrote them down just in case. And I revisited, you know, I revisited them and played them. Kind of messed up that you put Snake's Revenge on there, but that's okay. <laughs> Again, uh, not a Nintendo game. Um, <laughs> I don't know what Nintendo games are, Mark. I'm, I'm not paid to know what Nintendo games are. It's a Konami game. Not that they make them anymore, but... <laughs> it, it's a pachinko machine. <laughs> Snake's Revenge Pachinko. Hmm. It's got to be out there. Okay, that would that might be cool. I'd play um, it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, only Nintendo developed published games. Um, and yeah, I, I replayed so many of them, but it wasn't just so. You know, I had a list that was more than two hundred. It was like two hundred fifty deep, essentially. Okay. Of like, yep. here are games that I think are contenders. But I went further than that, and I looked at I looked at the Wikipedia page that lists every game Nintendo has ever published. Nice. And I looked at all the North American ones. Now, how to, many is that? Uh, worldwide? Park it? They, worldwide? Like, so yeah, you're it's like, pulling 100, so I'm just interested how many you had to cut out. Uh, worldwide, they've published like 1,300 or 1,400 games. So really, it's kind of an easy job if you think about it. Yeah, I did not play 1,400 games, but that's, you know, um, the good news kind is... I messed up, but okay. Oh, wow. Uh, the good news is, you know, most of that cream rose to the top. All right. Uh, okay. But I did, a, I see, I did a lot of digging outside of that. Um, so that was just a straight list, and I put the ones that I thought might be available. But then I did a lot of digging on, uh, you know, cult classics and, uh, you know, downloadable games that maybe didn't get attention, but Nintendo published, and they were, you know, very well received. Um, you know, there are enough resources out there to look to see, like, what was a small-time critical darling that could possibly make it in, you know? Right, um, right. Like a, a site dedicated to Nintendo games, like Nintendo Life, might have reviewed it, and literally no one else did. So then so, I take I take note of something like that, like oh yeah. they thought it was a nine out of ten. So like let me, interesting. Let me check that game. Let me play it. And you know some of them, yeah. One of now, one of the just misses was like that. Now did any of the did any of the games like just like did like you just didn't even look at like you looked at it and you thought like I don't know like. Uh, uh, I can't think of a Nintendo created game. I was about to say Goemon, but I think Goemon is uh, I think Goemon is Konami too. But a- anyway, like, <laughs> th- like, are there any games where you were just like, nope, not looking at this, and and not like, you know, I'm not talking about games like, um, you know, the Superman N64 kind of thing where you're just like, well, this sucks. Oh yeah, so yeah. I'm not going to cover it. I'm talking about games like, you know, y- you see, and it's just like, you know, uh, like a uh, a Secret of Mana you know, prequel on the NES that no one ever played or something like that. Like, uh, those kinds of games. Like, are there games like that that you were just like, I'm not even considering this? Or did you actively consider, you know, let's say the thousand of the 1400 that were not, uh, you know, known failures? I would say I probably, after after looking up all this stuff, I'd say there were probably about 300-something games okay. that I, like, seriously considered, at least briefly. You know, and, at least in this, like, like, initial process. And, like, th- those are the games you did the research on, you sort of looked into and everything like that. And, I, like, obviously, that's not that's not critiquing you. You shouldn't you shouldn't be doing yeah, research yeah. on 1,400 games. Absolutely. But <laughs> that's insane. But, like, uh, uh, so some of the, you know, the initial cut happened without playing. Mm-hmm. But, like, anything I had never played, I, I kept, you know, through that initial cut. Because it's like, okay, I want to check this out for myself. I need to know. But, okay. like, uh, Geist which was a Nintendo published game for the GameCube. Very interesting premise, like a neat game to look back on and go like, oh, that could have been better. 
if you think like, oh, that could have been better and that it's neat, it's kind of like, okay, I, I don't need to replay Geist. I know. I know like if we're looking at 300, there's a, like almost no chance this one's going to move from 299 to 99. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there's like that initial culling of games like that. But I went as deep as like, so Pandora's Tower um, was a like 2011 or 2012 Wii release, maybe even 2013. Super, super late. Um, But like that game is pretty cool and has some cool concepts. That was worth exploring to me to see like, will this sneak in the back end? Hmm. And, you know, it probably... It's probably closer to 200 than 100. Okay. Um, like, in the grand scheme of things, maybe but even still, further like back, that, But still, that, that's interesting to, like, actually, like, experience that and be like, oh, this is something different. Like, this is something that I'm, I'm kind of surprised by. Yeah. I had, um, you know, I had different, like, setups in this list that was in a notebook that was like, oh, this is definitely, like, I don't know where it is, but it's definitely on the list. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I mean, I even I don't think any of the definites didn't make it, but a lot of the like pro- a couple of the probabilities ended up not making it. Hmm. Um, Interesting. As I as the list got longer and longer and longer, it was like, oh no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh shit, oh and boy. Then I yeah. hit a point where it was like, oh, there are fan translations of two of what are supposedly some of the best Fire Emblem games. I have to play both of those. Gonna have to go through those, yeah, because I haven't touched them yet. Yeah, so I played them, and like I played one of them twice. So, obviously, that game sucked. Yeah, that game didn't make the list, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it did. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of that level of detail. Some of them were a little quicker to play. Like, um, I told you there were some, like, digital downloads, and it was like, oh, cool, let me, like, check this out. And I, you know, got the sense of it, and I played it. I put some time compared to uh, one of the super Famicom, Famicom um, Fire Emblems that was, like, 70 hours long. You know? Right. And that's the one, of course, you paid. You played twice. <laughs> no, no, I played the I played the thirty hour one twice. Okay, well, there you go. That's the same as playing that one once. <laughs> um, yeah, no, and I, I mean, like, there's a. Uh, I, I think like you can, you know, like we were talking earlier about like one of the games that I was kind of intrigued by that you covered that I hadn't heard about because it was like a digital release. It was when I wasn't really playing games. Was uh, Pushmo, and Pushmo does not seem like something that would take you forty hours to play. No, uh, funny thing about Pushmo, during that 70-hour Fire Emblem game, um, because of the scale of the way the battles work in this game, it takes, mm-hmm. it takes so long for the, uh, for the computer to go, longer than in any other Fire Emblem game. Um, nope. So okay. I, I replayed every Pushmo game <laughs> while I played that game. So like while the computer was going, I was just like, open oh, 3DS, play in Pushmo, play in Crashmo, play in Stretchmo, you know, like, nice. did that, played all of them. And it ruled because they're by the same company, too. <laughs> so it just felt like I was injecting. You're telling me Pushmo and Stretchmo are by the same company? <laughs> no, Pushmo and Fire Emblem are by the same. Oh, really? Company. Yeah. Oh, Intelligence... I thought you meant Pushmo and Stretchmo. I was like, well, that's, that's, that seems just unlikely to me. <laughs> Intelligent Systems list of amazing games is so long. It's so great. Um, they have all the Fire Emblems. They have the Advance Wars games. They did all those Pushmos. They do the Paper Marios. They do the Puzzle League games, and they um, they worked on Super Metroid. Man. All right, well. And that, that, that whole team started in hardware and helped design the Famicom. <laughs> and then they became an internal software development team. And, like, 
unsung heroes. Like no, no, like a totally. So they 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 kind of like they bounce back from making a really unsuccessful system. Is what you're saying. <laughs> Just the one that saved video games, essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, actually, to use that as a springboard to another thing that I did in constructing this list, the importance of a game historically meant absolutely nothing to me. Interesting. So, well, because think of, think of the way it works. You know what? We just kind of joked like, oh, the Famicom saved video games. The number one game, if you go by importance, is Super Mario Brothers, right? Right, right. The original. Gotta be, yeah. So, because it saved video games. Like, <laughs> it's hard to well, yeah, overstate what else how... Pick? Yeah, it's hard to overstate like how in the gutter video games were at that point because of a million reasons that have been discussed in documentaries and... Well, just E.T., right? Like, I mean, you're talking, yeah, you're talking e. about the E.T. problem. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, um, Nintendo rebranding it as a toy instead of electronics, getting it into those aisles and getting Mario to have such huge success and bring high sales and bring back faith to retail and all that. Like, okay, that's the most important game. Yeah. And, got you know, yeah. and then you talk, okay, so, the you know, then Super Mario 64 and uh, Ocarina of Time are the most important for bringing, you know, 3D gaming uh, to the masses in a different way, you know. And, like, I didn't want to deal with any of that shit. Yeah, why would you? I mean, the the thing is, like, a lot of people have done that already, right? Like, I think one of the things I like about your rankings is that you're not doing the, like, okay, you know, in this day in gaming or whatever, like, there are a lot of history of gaming. Mm. Like, and if you're not talking about, like, you know, like, serious historical tomes like it it is like a you know there's a lot of history of gaming that is like you know blogs and stuff like like yeah, things yeah. that are just like straight up you know we're we're gonna we're gonna cover this from like a fan perspective um and so like why do that when you you know you don't need to like you, you you've seen it happen before it's been done yeah um you know why bother yeah, and try and inject some, like, history or random knowledge I might have about something within... It's kind of like a hook within the story about the game. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, it, like, that's not the point. And I don't want to give the games credit for that. So even if I discuss, like, some cool anecdote about a game or its historical importance, it's like, okay, none of that counted. <laughs> towards, right. like, why I think this rules and, like, yeah. for these purposes. Um, so that's why Mario 64 happened months ago in my list. Yeah, that caught. That, so, what was the first like? What was the first like uh, dust up? Like, what was the first time you actually had people get mad at you? The second game. Okay, what was that again? Link to the Past. Oh right, yeah, I forgot <laughs> that came that early. I knew that was in like the a. I thought that was in the eighties. It was number one hundred. Uh, what was very fun about that though um, is I felt like it worked as a proof of concept uh, for what I was trying to get across because a lot of people. Not me- not angry at me, you know, but a lot of people, like, kind of yelled at me on Twitter about it. Like, dude, come on, what the fuck? I just talked about how cool your newsletter is. Um, right. And then they read it and they went, like, you asshole, you convinced me that you're right. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it, it's interesting because, like, I, I feel like the the main thing that your your newsletter does, right, is, like, it introduces this, like, this way of thinking about these games that no one ever really does because, like, you you approach Nintendo games specifically, right? Not you personally, but like you as in mm-hmm. like the, the, the general you approach Nintendo games specifically through nostalgia because so many of them are so seminal, right? You're talking Zelda, you're talking Metroid, you're talking Mario. Like these are important, like capital I important games. Mm-hmm. And so like thinking about how they kind of 
could be ranked ends up being this problem of like, oh, well, how do I rank something I love? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what do I do with that? Um, and, and so, like, basically all the – I think what everyone has done with it has been like, well, I'll just rank the things I love based in terms of how much I love them. Um, and, and, and as we've talked about before on, the, on, the, on this episode, like, you know, five minutes ago, it's been done to death. It's like it's completely, you know, over. No one wants to hear about that. No one wants to think about it. And what you've done is you basically introduced this way of thinking about it where you're like, okay, look, I, I don't really care – what I thought about them at the time, I'm going to just like approach this as if I am someone, you know, new from the womb who has never played a Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. And so like you, you end up doing this thing where like you can acknowledge the nostalgia. You can say how much the game meant to you when you were playing it, but you're also saying like, yeah, like presume we are doing a thing where there is no nostalgia involved. Um, here is what the ranking is. Like you're basically like setting up this sort of like experiment that works really well. Um, and I don't know, speaking for myself, that's something I've never really done with Nintendo games. I've never really been like, okay, so like outside of how I feel about Link to the Past, you know, where does it rank in comparison to, you know, other games I love? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to like remove all of that from the conversation, essentially. It's like, I don't have to consider this. So then mm-hmm. I get to kind of just look at, like, the game. Just, like, yeah. the pure game, the experience. And when you kind of peel back all of that stuff that makes Link to the Past so beloved in terms of, like, I grew up with it. I played the cartridge a billion times. I did the, you know, I used to play it every summer growing up. Memorize like the map, things like that, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, there's not as much... It's a great game. I said it in the in the piece. I was like... I love this game. I need you all to understand as we go into this. I rank this as one of the hundred best Nintendo games. Yeah, and this is a, this is something this you've game. said like a million times when you've been talking to me about it. It's like these games are in the top one hundred. Like that is a very high percentage. <laughs> understand? They all are yeah. very good. Yeah, I mean, if we just I, I only know you know a ballpark figure for their worldwide releases or whatever. Let's say that's a thousand. Okay, so we're saying Link to the Past is in the top ten percent of everything Nintendo's ever done. I think everyone would agree with that, like, fairly, yeah, yeah, non-controversially. They'd say, like, yeah, sure, that makes sense. Exactly where I put it. Maybe you think it's 5%, maybe you think it's 1%. You're wrong on that one. But, (laughs) uh, you know, it's like, I don't care if if you like it better. It's like, that's fine. This is is how I feel about it, how I think about it. And the way I think about it is it's the second worst 2D Zelda, Mm -hmm. which is the wrong way to phrase it. But, like, just in, like, the cold, like, it is the second lowest 2D Zelda. Now, what's the what's the lowest? Is it t- is it Zelda Two? Is it Return of Link? Well, I didn't consider that a two D because it's a side scrolling like. I know it's in two D, but I was thinking like top down. Sorry, it's like mm. the the original Zelda. I know you love it. Um, <gasps> I can't believe you've done this to me. It's That's not fine. on the list. Care. It's not on the list. It's fine. I, I mentioned that in that too, though. Um, it's like Link to the Past is an improvement on the original. However, I will say I. If you follow the the thread of games that are more directly inspired by the original Zelda than Link to the Past is, mm-hmm. um, I like those games better than Link to the well, Past. Well, yeah, I mean, there's like, I think like what what you sort of have to, what you sort of have to acknowledge with the Legend of Zelda is the original Legend of Zelda is you're you're looking at a game that is it's very cool aesthetically if you can like approach it from that perspective. And I'll ask you more about aesthetics as you go along, but like this 
when it was released, it's not like Nintendo released it and it's like, okay, here is a game that's so unlike all these open world games you're playing that are so like filled with content. It's like it wasn't intended that way. It was intended as like here's like the Nintendo version of adventure. Here's like we're doing yeah. something yeah, different. Yeah. Like this is huge. There's so much going on. And like to me the game is great because it's so like it's so empty in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if they had the technical resources, they would not have done that. Right. <laughs> like it's not well, look it's at- not as if like I'd get my beautiful my, my perfect game somehow, even if, you know, it, it was like technically possible to do something more than uh <sighs> Uh, the Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think your statement is proven by the existence of Breath of the Wild. Right. They have the tech now, so they made they made the original Zelda again. Yeah, exactly what they wanted. Yeah, what they sort of envisioned when they were doing that. And, like, they're different games. They're they're bleak and, and, and sort of empty in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think there's a person in the world who's going to argue with you and say, like, yeah, well, uh, the Legend of Zelda one's way better than Breath of the Wild. <laughs> it's <laughs> hey, not. Th- there might be. <laughs> There's all kinds of guys out there, you know, <laughs> all kinds of types of guys. It's true. There are a lot of types of guys out there. Um, so, yeah, there's th- I think that was controversial from the start. But I do think that the way as people realize the way I framed it as framing this whole list, it's like, OK, this makes sense. There's no nostalgia factor. He's not talking about the importance. So it makes sense that he likes my, the implication was I like Minus Cap, Link's Awakening, the Oracle games better. And it's like, yes, very much so. Mm-hmm. But I also love Link to the Past because this is the top 100 Nintendo games. I was able to pull off the top of my friggin' head 200-something games just right there that I, like, loved and enjoyed. And then yeah. went deeper to other games I remembered looking through that Wikipedia list. You know, like, whew. It's like, I think what's interesting about that is, like, you're also talking about, you're also talking about, like, this way of approaching these games that is like totally positive and not negative like none of the games on the list are you like discussing in mean ways like if i could go back i'm sure i could you know what i bet i can find out (laughs) so what if i what if i search see mark normandon 100 101 okay uh 101 yeah um uh, it's okay i introduced the list as a top 100 even though i had 101 Let's see. Okay, I'm gonna go all the way to the because you could tell me what it was off the top of your head. I know. Okay, Illusion of Gaia. Um, and then you start this with Quintet as a developer that I miss having around. Um, you talk about Illusion of Gaia the whole time, which is a game I've totally played. And you say the gameplay. This is how you conclude it. The gameplay from the mid '90s um, remains tight today. And again. The themes and story do pull you along, even if the localization can occasionally make you wonder why you're doing something or even who is at that moment speaking. Uh, It continues to resonate today in a world literally on fire. Um, It's an impressive game and one you should revisit because of and in spite of the things that make it weird. Literally, this is the worst game on the list. Yeah, Yeah, it's like I love it and you should play it. Yeah, so no one has really come at me and been like, you think this sucks, which is good because I don't. Right, Um, exactly. But that's why I think the Link to the Past defense, as I will call it right now, like, worked. You know? Um, Even I wrote about Advance Wars. It's the most critical I think I've been about anything on this list in a long time. And it was, like... It was very high. Yeah, that's the thing. It was, like, I still rank this 40. You know why? Because it fucking rules. Yeah. (laughs) It's a bop. Like, just because I have so many criticisms of it, do you imagine... Like, can you believe how good this is? 
that I have these criticisms and I'm still like, this thing's a banger. Play it. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's, I think what's, what's like, I think a lot of people are approaching this list in a way uh, where they're just like, Hey, like I'm, I'm maybe they are like holding their breath and saying, I know what's going to happen here. And what's going to happen here is Mark's going to start making me feel sad about (laughs) what I, um, what I did. Right. Like, Mark's going to make me feel sad about, like, you know, thinking I love, um, uh, I don't know, um, uh, Legend of Zelda too little or too much. Or Mark's going to talk about this game that I loved as a kid and he's going to say it sucks. Whereas, like, really what's happening with this list is you're saying, like, these are the games that I would rank in these top 100s after a ton of, top 101 after a ton of research. And they're all good and I have no real problem with any Nintendo game. (laughs) <laughs> just like a very rare um a very rare uh, uh uh perspective yeah i kind of i'm not gonna do it because it will take forever but it's like what is the number game where i start to go yeah this game's okay <laughs> this you game kind of sucks <laughs> well because like i have i i ranked out i actually ranked out in like a worksheet uh a spreadsheet but this was like a rough draft one I probably went like 160 something games deep. Wow. Yeah, it's like so I had a, I had this like skeleton framework that I created. I played every Mario and every Zelda and every Fire Emblem um cuz I assumed those were the three series that would have the most representation. Makes sense. Um so I built like a skeleton framework out of that where it was like, okay, well I know I like Galaxy better than um uh Super Mario World, you know? Right. Um, and I know I like uh, Ocarina of Time better than I like uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons. So that let me have this, like, basic skeleton where then I could look and go, okay, I know I like F-Zero GX better than um, Minish Cap, you know? Uh, and I just kind of kept going there and then I kept inserting games and I'd keep looking at it and go, okay, I know I said this, but this doesn't seem right anymore. And mm. I kind of twist things around. So it's like everything got reworked until all of my internal logic fit, you know, okay. for me. Yeah. Um, which resulted in, I know I've gotten some shit for it, but like Super Mario World is not on this list. Oh yeah. That's the big one. Yeah. I feel like that's the one that when like people... Now, did, have you ma- have you made that clear yes. in the newsletter? While okay. I was making people angry about the ranking for Super Mario Brothers three, I also mentioned that World didn't make it. Um, <laughs> I will say, I will say, I had a note, and I'm going to write about this. I'm going to do like an epilogue of like some stuff I learned, some trends I had, and you know, um, I ranked Super Mario Brothers three too early. I really did. I had a note in there that I I'm paraphrasing, but it essentially said. This should be higher. You have two Kirby games in front of it. It just should not go in front of any remaining Wario's. <laughs> and there's like 20 spots in between Mario and the next Wario. <laughs> wow. So okay. it's like, oh shit. It's like two or three off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like two dozen off, maybe. Um, yeah, right. But like, that's okay. It's the only one where I felt like that about. Um, and I preemptively thought it and I just like forgot. To bump it, essentially, on the day. Parts of this list are still moving. Yeah. Because um, I, I split things. Well, you, yeah, I you were saying at the beginning, twos. the top five is 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 
set in stone and will never change. <laughs> um, yeah. Parts of the list are like, I, I purposely planned it out in tiers and like, so there's some games that got a second play um, to get better notes and like be sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some games I knew for a fact I'm fine with or I had recently played and I was pretty confident, but like, you know, oh, is this game going to be 20 or is it going to be 29? You know, like I kind of left that question for like the follow-up play. Right. Fair so s- some of the things move around like that because otherwise if I waited until I knew exactly what it was, it would take me three years to prep this. Never mind. Yeah, like, of course. Start writing it. Um, so, you know, I, I like 101 through like 80, I was like absolutely sure about, you know, and then 79 through like 59, I was sure about it. And it just kind of kept going like that. And now um, I have a couple of games to still like find the final order for but otherwise it's like set you know i've like i got 38 games to go as of this podcast and i i'm pretty sure that's the third like the way i have it now is the 38 with maybe like one or two little changes so uh, let me ask this do you think that you are doing hot takes um i think there are going to be some games that i rank in the top 30 where there will be surprise because someone, maybe a bunch of people have never played it. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of it. It was a commercial failure. It was a small thing. It was a Japanese exclusive that some fans translated. Like, there are going to be games like that. I don't think it's a hot take as much as it's me going, hey, this game rules. Like, okay. you might not know that this game rules for one reason or another. This game rules. I'd say the only really hot take I had was that I had Star Fox Zero on here and not the original Star Fox. That's a hot take. But again, so like the reason I ask that is like, is it a hot take in the sense of I'm like I'm make I'm saying something that's going to make people mad and that's why I'm writing it, or is it something like you deeply believe in? I believe everything I am writing here. Um, So, for example, the Star Fox Zero thing. I think it has the absolute best dogfighting in the series because mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. control scheme that people had trouble accommod- like getting used to. Um, Star Fox is an interesting series, too, because people want it to be more than Star Fox 64 and more than just, like, remakes of Star Fox 64. But if you change anything, they swear to God, they will fucking cut you. you I know? mean, Star Fox 64 is, is a... I mean, it's seminal in both terms of it being a video game and in everyone's memory. Yeah. That is actually... I haven't written about it yet because that is one of the games that I think is as good as people remember it being. Which is... It's an, yeah. I, I'll... I'll um, I played that when I was old enough to remember how good it is. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say that for Star Fox, the first Star Fox. I played mm-hmm. that pretty young. Um, but, like, I would say for sure uh, I played, I played um, Star Fox 64 old enough that I can remember it being as good as it is and like the branching paths and all the stuff going on. And yes. it's like, yeah. it's a pretty, it's a pretty remarkable game. Yeah. And, uh, they remade it for the 3DS and I think that is the definitive way to play it. And it, Oh neat. Yeah. I've, I've never, I've never played that on the 3DS. That's cool. The 3DS did a really great run of Nintendo 64 games where they were like, let's remove whatever limitations existed because of the hardware and like do it as if we made it today. And did those, uh, did those limitations exist or what? Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the Nintendo 64. It's really great. But, yeah, like, man, Ocarina of Time does not look good. 
no, you know. No, but it also doesn't play good because of the controller. I mean, the N sixty four is great. Whoa, but the whoa, whoa. I mean, it plays great. I'm sorry. Whoa. But the controller is quite bad. The <laughs> I C love buttons. That. I love that controller. That you like the C buttons? Yeah, C buttons are great. Why do you like the C buttons? Oh Mark? my god, dude! The What's C bu- good about the C buttons? Try to play a Nintendo sixty four game on a twin stick controller, and you yeah, will you see can. how you will see how good the t- the C buttons work. Because no, you see how limiting they are. <laughs> oh man, we don't have time for this discussion. You're uh, probably there's, right. There's You're actually a thing right, I'm going to yeah. do. Uh, I'm going to do more than this list on on the newsletter. So I'm going to look at like I'm going to look at stuff like different controllers and just write these big pieces about these controllers and like. Some of them are going to suck. Some of them are good. There will be a defense of the Nintendo 64 controller at some point. So you can remember that. Why was the, why was the, uh, why was the, the, the number, the uh, movement pad there, Mark? What was that about? Why, why do we, why did we have that? The what? The little, uh, I, I, I'm blanking on what to, what to call it. Like the, uh, the little pad on the side, the, the fact that there was like a, 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 what do you call those? Like the cross pad. Oh, the D pad? Yeah. Why was there a D pad? So, funny story, the uh, the 64 controller was meant to be developed in two different uh, ways, where you either held the left and center stick, or you held the right and uh, the right and center stick. Okay, that's kind of interesting. because of Super Mario 64 choosing the latter, a ton of the follow-up development just went that route. <laughs> interesting, okay. So, like, uh, when Treasure made Sin and Punishment for Nintendo 64, and I will be talking about this when I talk about Sin and Punishment, which I will rank... Um, I mean, that's, that, that is like, that's a, a very contemporary and good position to have at this yes. point, I feel like. Yeah. Um, they went into it wanting to make a game that took advantage of left center instead of right mm. center. Okay. So they All designed, right, well. they designed that game around this controller that you hate so much. Um, <laughs> but used it. Listen, used I it played one. a lot of N64 for what I'm saying. I'm, I'm all talk. <laughs> they also, with, um. With uh, Mischief Makers, too, Treasure, it was like the first 2D platformer in the system because everyone was obsessed with 3D and they stopped making 2D platformers. Um, Mischief Makers is great. Yeah, Mischief Makers is great, and they used the D-pad for that because it was more reliable in a 2D setting than an analog stick. When you go back and play old games, do you use the analog stick or do you use the D-pad? Oh, it really depends. Uh, Typically, I use the D-pad. See? See? Yeah. That's why they had it. Okay, well... (laughs) Thanks for the answer. Um, <laughs> Sorry so to be such ask, a smartass. Well, no, it's, it's what I, I, I set you up for that. I teach you up for being a smartass, so that's okay. <laughs> um, so I have a question for you about, about um, your list, and, and it, it basically kind of goes something like this. Um, I've been talking to everyone about this sense of, of like, aesthetic, uh, 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 for lack of a better word, like, sort of aesthetic goals or mission statements or, uh, you know, th- things that sort of unify your ideas about games. And you have all these games that you're fascinated by um, and you've ranked them. So on some level, you have some sort of ranking process in your brain. And whether or not you call that aesthetic because it's about the look or, you know, uh, mm. ludic because it's about the game, I, you know, whatever you call it, right? Um, the The way that this is, the way that it focuses, right, or the way that you're sort of like thinking about your... Um, your object here, like what what counts as a good game in your mind? What is the sort of like, what is the 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 reason the game gets ranked higher? Like what what has to be there? What is the the aesthetic or gaming or whatever uh, note that has to exist? Oof. 
I feel like it has to hold my attention beyond my initial playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, which is does not mean that a very narratively driven game, like a visual novel, could not make it, for example. Um, I have probably played the original Phoenix Wright trilogy half a dozen times. Right, sure. You know, so I've probably put 300 hours of my life into those fucking three games. I know what happens. I still do it, <laughs> you know? So I really, like, I know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> there is no mystery left in those games for me. And yet, I'm drawn in yeah. by the world and the characters and the experience of playing those games and revisiting them. Um, so there is not a game on this list that I would not happily go back to. Um, and I can't say that about everything. Mm-hmm. So this will be blasphemy, but I've already gone, come this far. Hey, no, I mean, the, the only interesting thing, here's something I'll say. The only interesting thing about a list, right, is that it, it, it takes a particular or controversial stand. If it mm-hmm. doesn't do that, then what's the point? Well, there you go. Thank you for teeing this up. Uh, the reason Super Mario World isn't on this list is because I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. I really mm. don't. I still think it's a great game. Honestly, even with my problems with it, it didn't miss by that much. Um, I, I, I really do love that game. I just don't love it as much as I used to. I think there are more interesting experiences that hold up better. I think the the slate of games, the slate of Mario games Nintendo has released in the last decade mm-hmm. is absurd. It's absurd. It's wild, yeah. I know nobody, no one played Super Mario 3D World until it came out on the Switch. That game is and incredible. No, and no one played Galaxy 2. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like a late-life Wii game. Um, you got a, a Wii U game. You got... Super Mario 3D Land on uh, the 3DS. You've got the new Super Mario Brothers Wii U, which is the best of that bunch on a system no one bought. Right, sure. Um, that people now are playing that game and going like, oh, this is great. Um, you've got Odyssey. like, Oh, Odyssey's a, a blast. So that, that's just the last decade of Mario. And I don't think... You'll notice in like the Zelda rankings and the Fire Emblem rankings and the Metroid rankings... Um, there isn't really like a constant climb up. Yeah. Like, oh, this is newer, therefore it is better. Man, the Mario Yeah, no, you, you avoided that, which again, like, that's the hallmark of a good list in that, like, you're not just doing the thing where you're like, well, this game uh, came out uh, closer to when the, the list was released, so it's it looks cooler and, like, feels better, yeah. so it gets a higher ranking. Yeah, it's like, um, I feel like there was more than, like, the look of, you know, Link to the Past. God, that game looks beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. but I think like depth wise, it was missing something that later releases had, but, um, Skyward Sword didn't make the list, you know, that's right. the second most recent 3d adventure. It didn't make it. If you put, if you, I would say, so here's where I think you, you sort of like you, you get away from the hot take thing. I would say if you put Skyward Sword on the list and didn't put Super Mario World on the list. That would be a hot take, right? Yes. Like that would be a thing where you're just like, this game that no one found fun is on there because it looks and feels yeah. better yeah, than yeah, yeah. Mario World. That's that's pushing it, and I like I don't believe that, you know. Right. And that's what it comes down to. So I feel fine saying Drill Dozer, a game that six people played on the Game Boy Advance, <laughs> is better than Super Mario World, 
because Drill Dozer does stuff that no other game really does. Mm-hmm. It's made by Game Freak, who, when they don't make Pokemon Pokemon games, make kick-ass platform games that nobody right. plays. They don't do that anymore, yeah. Yeah, so, like, man, that game is awesome. There is no sequel to it. There is just the Drill Dozer. It's really great. It has a great soundtrack. It has a cool look. It's got a cool... Everything in the gameplay is very satisfying. Um, you want to go back to it again and again. And, so, like... I just made... Look, all those Mario games I just named. Yeah. So, I like, I liked Mario Brothers 3 better than World even when I was a little kid. And I loved World. I feel like that's a, a, a position you could have. I feel like that's a position that if people heard that, they wouldn't get mad at. Yeah. That, and that's the thing. Like, I like the games inspired by Mario Brothers 3 better than I like the games Mario World inspired. Okay. So... Like March of Progress or whatever for Mario, which is the series Nintendo does that I feel like they do get better and better and better for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, there is very Seems little rep- yeah. there is very little represent very little representation for the games that Mario World inspired on this list. One of the new Super Mario Brothers games made it. Basically, every game that Mario Brothers three inspired is on the list. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's fair. At least I've got, like, a consistent through line, and I've really thought it through. And again, I love Super Mario World. It's just I don't top 101 love it. It's, like, 110 or 15 or something. And do you know how many Kirby games I left off of this that I would have loved to put on? Well, <laughs> yeah. I like, didn't know there were Kirby games that you, there were, you, you still could have. That, buddy, uh, let me tell you about Kirby. There are more Kirby games than there are years Kirby has existed. <laughs> I mean, your list has a ton of Kirby games on it. It's got, it's got like five, I think. I think it's got five. Is it five? It, I guess I just I might be just confirmation bias on my part. I feel like I've seen <laughs> it pop up in my inbox more often than that. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, it's that. See, that's one of the. It's one of the like internal logic checks I told you about. Is like, I mean, even even that note I told you about was. I'm like, yeah. you have two Kirby games in front of Mario Brothers Three, you idiot. Like, don't do that. And then <laughs> then I did it. Um, <laughs> and I did it because I forgot my own note, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, that I, like, I know, I know my own biases and I know what the difference is between my love of something versus like reality. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, like Pearl Jam's 10 is the better album, but I, I prefer, uh, Vitology really, you know? Um, does that mean Vitology's better? I don't know. I don't think it means like there's all these kind of like what is the difference between you liking something and like the cosmic truth of a thing right um so trying to thread those needles so yeah there's you know there's a couple of games where i look at them and i go is it just me who loves it that much (laughs) and there's been a couple of cases where i go probably but i don't give a fuck and then there's cases where i go okay i should drop this a little bit See, that's interesting because, like, it, it feels like you have this this sort of, like, worked out theory in your head that is consistently double-checked in, in a way, like, checked mm-hmm. against itself. You're sort of approaching this almost more – and I, I hesitate to say this because you're not this kind of person, but um, – and, and that's a compliment, not an insult. <laughs> uh, it's it, – it feels like you're approaching this in almost an empirical way, in a way of saying, like, okay, wait, let's check the, the control here. Let's check, like <laughs> – What's going on? And, like, as opposed to sort of an emotive way, which, I mean, it's a really interesting way to approach this. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it was tough to, like, figure it out. And that's part of why I wanted to play these games again. Um, 
there were games that I was absolutely sure were going to be on this list. And they didn't make it. Mm-hmm. For one mm-hmm. reason or another. Whether because new new games were introduced to me. Um, you know, there's probably a game around the time you publish this that I'm going to do. I'd never played it before. I'd never heard of it. It's in, it's in like the top 30 now. Because, <laughs> because I played it and was like, I'm going to think about this game for the rest of my life. And right. I was like, I can't believe I've never played this before. Holy shit. And it, it never was released in North America. That's why I had never played it before, you know. Um, Seems weird. Why didn't you play it? Why didn't you just like force the issue? Because it wasn't available. Yeah. Um, Seems weird. It's so I played it and I'm like, kind of fake. Really was like, I'm going to think about this game for the rest of my life. So you know what I did about six months later? I played it again and I went, oh my God, I was right. I am going to think about this for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so that was like to confirm, you know, like confirm what I said earlier was like, I want to return to it. I'm going to want to return to it. I want to play that game again, Trev. Yeah. I, I just played it. I want to play it again. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. That That's really interesting. I, I won't ask you what it is because I'm, I'm fascinated to find out what it is in real time. <laughs> but uh, I'll, yeah, I'll huh. drop you. I'll drop you a note because I probably yeah, won't. Please. I might not write that, but specifically, but I will tell you when it's I'm like, this is the game. And then so another, that's really yeah, that's cool. There's one I had almost forgotten about too, and it is in the top like 15. Because I went back to it and I was like, "This is just one of the best things." How did you forget about this? And it's like, oh, probably because you were working two jobs and you were in school and a yeah, million right, other sure. things, you know. Of course, yeah. <laughs> it's right. 20 years later, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Um, and then playing it, I'm like, I'm going to play it again. So, yeah, I'm probably going to play it again before I release, before I write about it. It'll be the third time I've played it in a year, you know. Yeah. I mean, w- another thing that you do here that I, I find really interesting is this is this way of, uh, you know, approaching, um, I don't know, you approach these games with, like, this sense of, um, approach these games with a sense of, like, almost, how do I say this, like, it's almost as if you sort of like break down the American game, Japanese game thing, and you say like, well, what about like, what if we look at this world where now because of the internet or whatever, we have the ability to just like um, play whatever game we want, basically, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, I could play. I could play all these games. I don't have to live by the um, by the division between you know. Um, you know, this game came out in Japan. This game came out in um, uh, America. So I, you know, I don't know this one because I, you know, I, I, I never played it. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's that's interesting. Like that's something that I hadn't really ever thought about, and it is something that I don't think I've ever seen before in a list like this. I will say the fault probably lies within when Nintendo released Sin and Punishment on the Virtual Console in like 2009 or 10, whenever they did it. I was like, it just kind of struck me. I'm like, how is a game that is this good? Why was it not just released everywhere? What else are they keeping from us? You know? <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that started me down a path of, like, oh, my God, you don't have to just play this stuff. And the technology wasn't there. I wasn't going to pay 100 bucks to import a rare Nintendo N64 game or anything like that, you know? Um, I wasn't one of those people who was trying to get Xenoblade Chronicles, like, Early. from Japan and learn Japanese to play it or whatever. It seems like a bad idea, honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I've read some stories about people who, like, learn Japanese to play certain video games, and then they become, like, fan localizers. Huh. So it's like, oh, cool. And then they, like, it's a career. 
you know, you get to localize for anime or whatever. Um, so that's yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, if you do all that stuff, like that's cool. The guy who did Mother Three, he is a professional localizer, Clyde Mandolin. He now oh, writes cool. he writes books about localizing, and he I think he does localize for anime, like as his professional job. That's so, cool. Yeah, like that's a guy who just was fascinated by the stuff and turned it into a career. Um, <clears throat> one of the only people who maybe, you know, actually Ever does did. love his job and <laughs> should keep doing it. Um, he does it so much. He loves it so much. He does it in his off hours. Um, yeah, at that point, you are like, I know the whole thing is. Uh, I, I know the whole thing is. Uh, you know, really, you you if you start doing the job, uh, the thing you love as a job, then actually it stops becoming the thing you love. But on the other hand, if you're still doing it in the off hours, feel like you've kind of. Uh, feel like you've kind of like made it at that point. Yeah, you're doing it in the off hours for yourself, you know? Right, Or, exactly. like, not for... So, yeah, Mother 3 in his off time. Thank you. Thank you, Clyde. Um, yeah, it kind of broke down some walls for me. And while the technology wasn't there at first, I think it created a situation where it was like, sure, I'll play... I played three different Fire Emblem games that are only released in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, no, four, sorry. Uh, I played four of them that had only been released in Japan. I played all of them in English. Um, and that's not, you know, that's not it. We talked about the shoot-em-ups earlier. I don't need to read them. I, I've played enough shoot-em-ups to know which one is telling me to play in original mode, which one is saying arcade. And, yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah, you know, of course. The number of lives and credits that I'm going to have in the option menu, that's usually, like, uh, that's usually a, a number I can read, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, sure. So that stuff's fine. And, yeah, you don't have to... You don't have to wait for the localizations to kick in for some of these. Or, you know, games that we know are never coming over, like Mother 3. Go play it, man. I went to Etsy, and I paid some dude 20 bucks to put it on a red GBA cartridge for me. It, <laughs> That's how is rad. It, how is that different than, like, Nintendo releasing it on the Game Boy Advance? Like, it has the essentially official translation because Nintendo gave their blessing to not, you know, litigate it out of existence. Um, yeah, and they could have. Yeah, they absolutely could have. But for the games where they're clearly not going to do anything with it, they're like, yeah, whatever. Thanks for doing that. Um, so, hey, do you want to play Mother 3? Have you never played it? Do you not want to play it on a computer? Go to Etsy or eBay, spend 20 bucks on a cartridge, play it in a GBA, play it in a DS, play it in a GameCube, Game Boy, a game, uh, game Boy Player in your GameCube. Like, do it. That's what I do. That's cool. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that helped me broaden the list in some ways. Um, yeah, it seems, I mean, it seems like sort of your aesthetic is, is the sense of like, just does it, does it kind of like scratch a kind of itch or like mm-hmm. interest you no matter what the game is. And like, I think, you know, it's interesting to hear about your conversations with people and the, and the, the sort of like, you know, give and take with people about the list, because of course you're, you're doing this version of it by saying, yeah, well, I'm, 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 I'm totally interested in doing uh, a list about like ranking and it's also based on like my preferences. Um, and like, you're really trying to thread this needle between, um, you know, what your preferences are and then like what the, you know, what a sense of like, um, objective quality is in a certain mm-hmm. way. Like, I mean, you're really, really trying to do both and like not in, like for once, not in the way of like when someone says you're trying to do both and just like immediately means like you are doing a bad job as a result, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, no, I think that's I think that's super interesting because like it is it is this like this question of like okay, so like how do I 
if if my if my guiding light here is do I like this game and does it like does it trigger something in me that is good? Um, how do I how do I then convey to people like this is the list as objectively as I can make it? The objective standard is like my enjoyment, and like you've clearly kind of thought through that, which is cool. Yeah, it's it's funny, like. Um... Not to say I am some, like, neutral arbiter of what is good or bad, but, like, I've played a shitload of video games in my life. <laughs> and at some point, the, like, some kind of <laughs> some kind of threshold was created within me, in my brain, you know? And mm. it's like, there's just kind of an unconscious, like, this has surpassed the threshold mm. for whatever reason, you know? And I think that helps. Have you ever sat and thought about how many video games you've actually played? I try not to. Yeah. It's, um... Again, like, I wrote down about 250 Nintendo games that I've played. Just Nintendo games. Not games on Nintendo systems. Just Nintendo games. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. I also had Sega systems growing up. Wait a minute. I have, had, <laughs> I have two different Xboxes. Wait a minute. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm on my fifth place. I'm on my fourth PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Not quite on the fifth one. I have, you know, a TurboGrafx Mini. I have a Neo Geo arcade stick. I have, you know, just, like, on and on. Like, oh. Yeah, sure. Oh, oh my God! I've played so yeah. many games. Almost none of them on Steam, thank God. But <laughs> I've played so many on Steam. Unfortunately, I, I had you know once I got to like twenty unplayed games on Steam, I was like, "This is costing me money. What am I doing? I'm just gonna oh, I'm just gonna compile a million games out elsewhere." I was gonna say good for you, and then I realized like, yeah, it's just like it's another way to compile games. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, good for you in the sense that I um. I never learned and, and continued just to <laughs> purchase games and, uh, you know, spend my money on terrible things that I should probably just not. Um, <laughs> yeah, for any, for any uh, authorities still listening, my backups only exist for systems that are dead. Okay, I'm just, like, not supporting eBay enough, I guess. But there's, well, <laughs> there's nothing really illicit happening. Man. What do you think? What do you think, man? Like, how's how's President Biden supposed to re uh, reboot the economy if you're not paying off eBay people? Oh my God, I can't shop and use video game stores, so I have been paying off eBay people. My Nintendo sixty four collection has basically doubled during the pandemic. I bought a uh, I bought a book today. Uh, it was um, it was on the on the suggestion of a, a recent guest on the suggestion of my friend Sean McTiernan, who was on a couple episodes ago, or maybe actually the previous episode of this one. Um, and he suggested a book called uh, Sluts by Dennis Cooper, or mm -hmm. The Sluts by Dennis Cooper, which is a, uh, a like, he described it as, like, extremely intense. And I said, I like intense work. Like I, you know, <laughs> and, and he said, like, it might be a little much. Like, I just want you to know. Um, <laughs> so, but it's like, it's like sort of um, this, I, I'll, I'll, I'll describe it when I actually read it. That seems like a better <laughs> idea. Um, but the, um, like, I bought it on a... Uh, on the independent uh, books bookseller instead of Amazon, and I mm -hmm. I was just like I was so I was like ooh I did a good thing. <laughs> it's like a ridiculous way to think. Like you know, there's no good or bad consumer choice except that maybe there's some better ones and some worse. <laughs> so it's yeah, okay yeah. to it's okay to help. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to just go ahead and help some some eBay people uh, because it makes you feel good about getting games from like other people who might need the money. I think that. I think audience, uh, Mark and I license you to do this. Yes, yes. I mean, I cannot in good, like in any kind of good faith, suggest you pay $1,400 for any Sega Saturn games, no matter how many Ooh. dragoons you pants <laughs> Um 
so yeah, d- uh, now, now uh, I know, because you told me, that you have a question for me. So I'm going to let you ask that question. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I'm curious, um, is there a game on this list that you haven't played that I wrote about that like now you, you really you want to play, you are likely to seek this out and play it? Well, so one of these games is um, is uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles, which uh, my friend, who I won't name on the show, uh, but but is closer than you might expect, uh, purchased for me very kindly uh, as a surprise. Uh, thank you, whoever that might be. He sounds uh, very handsome. Yeah, well, that's what they say about him. Um, if only he wasn't wearing that mask all the time. Uh, but uh, tuxedo mask, just in, <laughs> in terms of, but it's but it's a pandemic thing. Uh, I got it. I got it. Just like no, no. I'm just I'm not, I'm 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 workshopping it in my own head. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, thank you for that. And then um, so that's one of them. But that's a, an unfair answer since we we have that history with it. So my answer for this is actually a game that I, I considered getting and then like was like, well, I don't know, like I love puzzle games, but I don't know if this is like, I just want this because it's a puzzle game or like I'm actually going to enjoy it. So I, I never really pulled the trigger on it. And of course, like in part because Nintendo games never go on sale. So pulling the trigger on it <laughs> means making an investment um, more than like, ooh, this thing is like $7 on, on Steam. I'll just buy that. Yeah. Um, now, if you want to talk about like, amount of enjoyment or even gameplay that you get out of it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there might be wiser ways to spend my money than those $7. But the um, <laughs> but the one I will say that I didn't pull the trigger on, and now I will pull the trigger on the next time I get the chance, not that it's rare, but the next time I have the money to spend on it, is um, Captain, Tro- Captain Toad Treasure Hunter? or Treasure, Treasure Tracker. Treasure Tracker, thanks. Um, yeah, I, I was super intrigued by that game, didn't play it, and then I read your write-up. It's, it's pretty high up, it's there. It's in the 40s, right? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it might be 49. It's like, this is it's kind of the territory where it's like, we have entered the top 50 things they have ever done, which yeah, includes yeah. this game. Yeah, and your write-up of it was really, really, like, helpful in conveying, like, yeah, it's like, it's it's a good game. Like, don't don't worry about if you, like, it's not just, like, you're not, you're not w- weird for thinking the Toad game looks good. Like, it's a good game. Go yeah. ahead and play it. And so, like, I definitely will go ahead and play that one now. Um, I also, Pushmo, Pushmo was one. I think a lot of the, a lot of the like, um, a lot of the puzzle games you talked about are games mm-hmm. that I, um, I am now quite a bit more interested in, because um, I like puzzle games, I really do. Uh, and uh, I just, you know, I think I don't consistently get good press about them. Yes. Um, yes. Absolutely. You know, like I really, I, I put. Um, I don't know. I, I forget if I put it on a list. I don't know if I wrote a, a list for the year it came out, but um, uh, I I talked about Baba is You more than I think a lot of people I know, um, and in part was just because it was like I'm finally playing a puzzle game again. All right, <laughs> like, this is so much fun, and like it's a fantastic game. But like a big part of it, like 100 percent, was all right puzzle game. Like I I am I am so excited to try this again. Um, so. You know, the fact that you sort of make clear, like, how many good examples of this genre are, you know, on Nintendo systems because Nintendo is willing to sort of, like, uh, invest in them or that Nintendo sort of recognizes, like, hey, our uh, particular um, consoles work really well with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I mean, those. I think a lot of the ones that I've noticed on there are those. Um, oh, and uh, I'll say one more, uh, and and it comes in. The, it's sort of like Treasure Tracker in this way, not like Pushmo, in uh, in the way that I hadn't heard of it. Um, but uh, um, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. sessions oh I yes. Will, I'll have to like actually. That was one where when went like I was planning on playing it when it came out. I was like, ooh, cool. And then I was like, I, I don't. I was probably trying to finish Nocturne at that point, and it's like, all right, I don't. I don't know if I really want to play this right now. <laughs> um, and so like I didn't. Uh, but again, you you did that right up, and I was like, oh, okay. So like it's not just uh, it's not just like a lark. It's not like a a, a dumb kind of like um, oh like it's it's Fire Emblem and Persona. Everyone like get excited. Like, it, it really is, like, a serious game. So, um, yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating how they made that game by being, like, if you didn't know Fire Emblem and, and uh, Shin Megami Tensei, you would have no fucking idea that yeah. that's what yeah. it was. Everything blends yeah. so seamlessly, and they made it, like... It could be a game influenced by those games instead of a game made by the people who make those games, you know? <laughs> uh, right. But, yeah, like, the way they the way they married them together, I think, is really exceptional and you know i have a friend who who loves tokyo mirage sessions he played it after persona 5 like on my recommendation um he's only played three houses for fire emblem uh-huh. so he has no knowledge of any of the fire emblem stuff that they're even talking about in the game Matt, you want me to flip your lid real quick and, and make you really upset i've never actually played a fire emblem game it's okay we'll talk off off mic <laughs> um I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble <laughs> You're not going to get in trouble. I just have a new <laughs> subject to talk your ear off about. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I will say, like, that was one of my hesitations. I'm like, well, I love SMT. Like, I've played, I think I've played all of the SMTs. Have I beaten all the, well, no, not all the SMTs, but all the SMT mainline games, except mm-hmm. um, if you count Strange Journey. I was just uh, going to say, you should play game. Strange Journey. <laughs> yeah, I haven't played, I haven't played Strange Journey yet. Um, I haven't played the, uh, the expansion on four, but that's that, that's a little bit. I don't I don't know if you call Apocalypse uh, particularly a like a mainline game or not. That's that's even more fringe than than Strange Journey, I would think. But um, I have a hard time knowing what Atlas is thinking these days. But not I mean, enough. Apocalypse is apparently great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, and I have it, so I'll play it at some point. But like <laughs> the um, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a, I I really like Shin Megami Tensei. I've I've oh, I've yeah. almost beaten Shin Megami Tensei one, which is uh, saying something since playing that now is, is a little dicey. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not the Nintendo one, so I mean, it's, I'm not I'm not that hardcore. But uh, oh, is this like the PlayStation? The Super, oh, yeah, Super Nintendo. No, Super one. Nintendo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Personas were the one, the, uh, the ones that started in the PlayStation. This yeah. is the one that, like, I think it was one and two, and then If, and If was where Persona split off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I love I love SMT, so I was like, okay, that that kind of tracks for me. But I was like, I've never played any of the. Fire Emblem games. I mean, maybe this is just like a bad idea. So it's You'll good to know that it, like fine. I can totally. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. If you understand, you don't need to know the weapon triangle off the top of your head. You just need to understand that it is a thing that you will learn as you play, and okay. then you're good. Um, everything else is like you'll play if you play Fire Emblem games. After you play this, you'll be like, oh, oh, that, <laughs> this is where that weapon is. That's this the is guy that Fire can. Emblem. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like it, it's you like can, finding you can work the. In reverse. Uh, it's like playing Dark Souls for the like the first time after playing, you know, like things inspired by it and being like, "Hey, that's that moon sword." Like, <laughs> I found the moon sword. Like, yeah, no, I, I gotcha. Well, that's um, uh, that's a great selection. I felt good about uh, 
the write-ups for all of those too. So. Yeah, no, I really liked those. I, I, I thought the pushbar write-up was really fun. Um, and like, it helped me sort of like, I, I liked that you paired it with, um, which other mode did you pair it with? Pushbar is the one I always remember the name of. Uh, so there were the four, I did the whole Pushmo series as a rank, which is a, another thing I did. Did you? I thought you only did two. Oh, no, okay. there, so I'll do, for some stuff, I'll do the series, because I don't think it made sense to write about each, in, like, you know, multiple Pushmo would have made the list. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can just write about them all at once. Same thing with the Box Boy and Box Girl games. Yes, uh, okay, I was probably thinking of with. Box Boy and Box Girl there, because there yeah. was one where it was a dyad, and, like, I mm-hmm. was like, oh, these are interesting. Um, I thought it was Pushmo and like you know Pullmo or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, there is. There's a pull. There's a Pushmo, Pushmo, Crashmo, Stretchmo. Um, they all have like very. They have some like s- some different mechanics and gameplay. My mm. brain does not play Crashmo as well as Pushmo. I remember you saying that in the write-up. Yeah. Like it's great and I like it. It just takes me so much more effort to, to play that game than it does to play Pushmo. My brain understands what Pushmo wants me to do. Um, that's fascinating. Like that's it's such like, but and such the mark of like it comes back to that personal preference and like the thing of saying like okay like what who's who's coming up with this ranking? Is it just me and what I like, or is this mm-hmm. actually the real ranking? And like that's such a such a tough thing to do with a puzzle game where you're like this isn't a relaxing puzzle game yeah. for me to play, so I can't play it as much as other puzzle games. <laughs> I understand this is great. I just stink at it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like it's it, that that's tough. Like that's tough to be like. Okay, I will. I acknowledge it. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had to. I've had to balance some of that, um, which is funny. I, uh, you know, I, when I wrote about Kirby's Epic Yarn recently, I was like, I understand this game is easy. That is not a reason to not play it. It is still like it just exudes joy, and you will share in this joy. Yeah, that was a really it, good write up because of that. I, I liked you. that a lot. I liked that you were you were like, okay, so like let's talk about fun games and like why it's okay to have fun playing games. It's like, all right, yeah. yeah. And it's let, let's talk about that. It's especially funny like placement wise because I, I don't know, in the next like fifteen or twenty or so, there's a bunch of games where I'm like, I like games that step on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you gotta have both then. I mean yeah, I, exactly. it sort it sort of makes sense where you're just like, I just need to relax after I play this game that like despises me and, and <laughs> wants me to die. <laughs> This game that makes me feel bad about myself, but also so good about myself. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta play some Kirby after I'm done playing Crash Mo. Um, <laughs> well, Kirby, yeah, Kirby's I mean, always there for me when I when I need him. Well, Kirby was like I I feel like I'm unfair to Kirby because I like Kirby games, but also uh, my main. This is gonna sound like a like a a, a trauma flex. It's not. Um, and it's not that bad. Uh, it's certainly not as bad as like a lot of people's trauma. So I count myself lucky. But uh, I think like the the time I most played a Kirby game was uh, the the first Kirby on Game Boy, and I played it at a friend's house. And it was really fun. Like I liked it a lot. And it is a pretty easy game mm-hmm. um, itself. And like that's fine. Uh, but I had a good time with it, and I was I would, I enjoyed playing it. But uh, at the end of it, like right after, like I was either right after I beat King DDD or like sort of at a, a particular part or, or whatever, like, um, I was playing it at my friend's house and like, I would say towards the end of my playing it, maybe not like literally the end of the game, but that's how my memory is now. Um, their Husky, uh, viciously attacked me. Oh God. <laughs> I had to, yeah, I had to get a, to get a bunch of stitches. Uh, they had to pull it off of me and I got stitches in my cheek and head. I will say that um, is the opposite of what a Kirby experience is supposed yeah, to be right, like. Yeah, right, exactly. That's, it's, <laughs> it's sort of like I got a bad, a bad, like, experience of Kirby. Just, just like... Oh, no. J- 
just like a I, and I I still like the games like I I I enjoyed them, but I don't think I've ever really played another Kirby after that. And <gasps> part of it's just because I'm like, oh, that's the dog attack game. That's, that's how it goes. I was like, if I play this game, a husky's gonna attack me. I don't I don't I know do, if I'm there for that. Today. I understand that. I yeah, yeah. absolutely understand that. <laughs> I'll have to get over it. Um, well, Mark, I've kept you here a long time, and uh, you and I both have kids, and we know how valuable sleep is. On tonight of all nights, the night of uh, of uh, um, us hoping that uh, children will sleep in later, but knowing that they will not. Uh, you of, know, it's uh, good. Daylight ki- savings time. My kids don't know what time it is. So Yeah, well, we say that, but <laughs> it, you've had it happen where they wake up just even a little bit, like at the same time, basically. Oh, yeah. Like, how did you... Well, this is ridiculous. We're lucky right now. Uh, the older one goes into the younger one's room and like entertains them, and it's like you bought us some time. Wow, that's yes. nice. So ours don't do that. Um, <laughs> I understand. I am lucky, but man, some mornings that extra twenty minutes or whatever. Is oh, it's like, huge. It's oh, huge. Start my day yeah. off right. I needed an extra ten minutes today, and I couldn't get it. And it it it, it, it was tough until like. We went out and had some wine later today in the, this nice outdoor place uh, nearby, and um, got to tell you that uh, that helped because um, <laughs> then we both took naps because you have to do that after you drink some wine. Um, God, thank God the weather is changing. <laughs> in where I am, where you are, I'm assuming it is the frosty tundra for the next couple months. Uh, it was sixty a couple of days in a row. Nice. So most of the most of the two to three inches of ice uh, melted. I hope you've been. I hope everyone enjoyed this. What I like to call the white person closing of the uh, of the <laughs> podcast, where we talk about the weather. Um, Mark, where can people find your uh, your newsletter? Let's not uh, bury the lead. Uh, so uh, retro XP at Substack. Uh, is it at Substack? Jesus Christ, Mark. Is it dot dot? Yeah, substack. it's dot. Oh my God, retro retro XP dot Substack dot com. Um, it's free to sign up. I do have a Patreon going. Uh, it's kind of like a, I need X number of you to support me financially or else I can't justify writing five to six newsletters a week um, between my two newsletters. Um, but yeah. Kinda messed like, up. Eh, All right, I guess. You know, no guilt trips. I'm just saying. I just hope that the amount I need to pay my mortgage. I'm not keep, saying. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> they, I hope they keep supporting me. But no, you can, uh, you can sign up for free and, you know, you get... Uh, there's like two to three of these a week. Sometimes I double up on games. Um, and I have the cool thing about coming up with a project that takes 10 months to publish. Um, to, Not through, something you typically hear. Yeah, through to its completion is, um, yeah, God, don't get me started on how many words this is going to be by the time I'm done. Um, <laughs> uh, but the cool thing about it. Yeah, sorry. Um, I have a whole Google Doc full of like ideas for one-offs and recurring uh you know recurring kind of feature ideas to do okay. after after this list is over so this isn't just a thing i am doing until i have written about 101 games and then i'm putting it away you know uh then i'm gonna not write about nintendo games for about three months and uh until i want to deal with the nintendo 64's birthday what um oh boy and then we're gonna get all sorts of passion pieces about controllers um what uh just kidding there will be be one there will be one uh tell me one thing what um what is the um is there a way people can read like the archive and stuff because i've been reading them as they come out so i haven't thought about it but is there an archive is there a way yeah substack on old stuff substack is 
is got a good setup going because they publish everything to the web too. Oh, so, okay, great. Uh, but you will scroll infinitely, like through, because they don't do like cutoffs on the pieces. Um, oh. But there's also at the <laughs> top, funny. at the top of every single rankings post, there is a link to a page I made that is just the list as it as it is uh, being made. Oh, good. Yeah, that makes so sense. So there's sixty something games on it right now. You know, and you can just navigate to whichever one, whichever one you want to read about. Nice. Well, perfect. And 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 it is it's it's a good read. Like I I would say like they're fun they're fun to read even if you don't know about the games and maybe even especially if you don't know about the games. There's like there's a real joy in finding like I don't know. There's a real joy in finding Nintendo games that you don't know about because I feel like every single Nintendo list is expected you know where yes. the marios are going to fall and you know and i would say this this list is not like that so um if that sounds interesting to you uh go check it out um go subscribe uh retroxp.substack.com um is that right yeah that remember right? it's not at uh, yeah no, I, I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like mark norman did i'm gonna i'm like, gonna type it in right now retroxp.substack.com deliver unto me yes okay good <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's it's um, it's really neat, and like I I would I would recommend supporting Mark and supporting his uh, his uh, features uh, so they keep coming. Uh, Mark, <laughs> but I seriously, also but seriously, would... if you can't or don't want to, but still want to read, that's also cool. <laughs> no, it's not cool. It's cool. Uh, I'm gonna it's speak fine. for your family and say it is not cool. Well, uh, but um, <laughs> because you know, I I I would. Some, my family would love for someone to speak for me in that way. Because uh, uh, it's always cool uh, if you don't want to support my Patreon. Uh, but I'd love if you did. Uh, just the same as it, with Mark's. But um, anyway, Mark, please come back again. This was good as always. Very fun to talk to you. And, and just nice for me as well. And um, yeah, uh, go Padres. <laughs> hey, thanks for, in, uh, thanks for inviting me on to talk about myself. Hey, anytime. All right. Well, <laughs> not anytime. Never again. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good one. You too. Night. Hey, thanks for listening to No Cartridge. If you'd like to support us further, please consider going to patreon.com slash no cartridge or for a one-time donation, paypal.me slash hegelbon, H-E-G-E-L-B-O-N. It's really, really helpful for all of us to be able to support uh, the many people who make the show, uh, you know, myself included, but also our producers and various co-hosts um, and, and writers and artists. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember to like, subscribe, share, any of those things that would let other people get the quality video game analysis that you've grown accustomed to.